Welcome to the Politics and Bros podcast. It's Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. We're still in the age of COVID, but it's almost Christmas and this, things are maybe getting back to normal. We actually have a president. So here we are. Howell, how are you doing, man? Great, great job, Pete. Great. God, I'm terrible for, at opens. I gotta for, write those who, for those who are just tuning in, that was about Pete's fifth time to try to get that intro right, and uh, I, still, I still messed. It and up. you still messed it up. So, yeah. but whatever, we're here now, and no one cares anyway. So, no. um, happy holidays! Happy holidays! You're 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 getting some um, a lot of uh, p- 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 sound out of your oh, microphone. So okay, back, yeah. back it up from your mouth. I'll a little put bit. it put it a little further away. Yeah. Get it, you know. It's Better? not it's not it's not a dick. So just For, yes. get it out of your mouth. I I'm not at my <laughs> I'm not in my usual setup. I am I am away from my home this week, um, so bear with me. As in as lovely have, Utah, yes, in Park City, Utah. At, Good for you. Um, it's it's we're, we're escaping Chicago for a little bit, um, having a nice Hanukkah here, as well as preparing Hanukkah, for Christmas man. next week. Um, what night? Yeah. What night are we on? Uh, tomorrow lost... night is the last night of Hanukkah. Ah, I lost track. Yeah, I know you were keeping close tabs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just yeah. Well, well I, anyway. I only recently learned the the true story of Hanukkah, so um, you're we'll not di- that far behind me. We'll dive into that in a, in a later episode. Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of politics involved in that. You know, the Maccabees and the. Uh, it was the Greeks. You know, the Greeks yeah. were Greeks were. Trying to take Jerusalem, and uh, we are we are a bunch of assholes. Always have been. Yeah, we oppress. We oppress um, people. Were Were you a big Greek mythology fan growing up? <laughs> uh, not especially. No. <laughs> no. No. I don't know. I just thought I'd I'd ask. Never, never, never made that connection before. So, um, I really liked the Greek mythology back in the day. Yeah. Anyway, Wonder Woman's coming out. Speaking of Greek mythology, I, you know, she was the son of uh, Zeus or the daughter of Zeus. Anyway, of Zeus. we're 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 on a, off on a tangent. Yeah, we're we're, um, we're, we're veering <laughs> off in a big time at this point. Um, you take me out of Chicago and things just go haywire. What's going on with you? Uh, you know, uh, just work, and I think I'm officially on vacation now until, oh, uh, until the, after the new year. So I've got some things I got to do tomorrow and uh, Friday, but not anything too pressing. Finish a couple, uh, got to pick up a couple more gifts for Christmas and uh, order some gift cards for my nieces and nephews. Now, and is your son it. excited for Santa Claus? Yeah, my uh, my son, my two older ones um, are most definitely. My one year old has doesn't care. Um, it yet. would be weird if they did. It'd be weird if he did. But yeah, they're they're super excited. They're the, you know we we went and got the tree the week after the weekend after Thanksgiving, so that it's been up for a while. Uh, they helped decorate it. They helped put up all the ornaments. They only broke three um, in the process. Congratulations! Um, which, is, which is actually a, a record. Um, last year I think it was five, but whatever. Um, well, that's pretty much it. It's been it's been quiet in Chicago. You're not missing a whole lot. I know you've only been gone for a few days, but um, we had a little dusting of snow today. But that's nothing, not a huge accumulation, unlike uh, some of the East Coast. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, good stuff. Have a good holidays. Should yeah, be. Man. Um, it's been a while since we talked to everyone. 
Yeah, there's a lot's been happening. So we, no, we, nothing's been happening. We finally have a president elect. Apparently, we've um, always had a president elect. Yeah, that's true. Pete. Let's make that clear here. We at <laughs> Politics and Bros would, were calling President Elect Biden that that name early and often, but um, not everyone agreed with that. But to your point, um, more and more are are calling President Elect Biden that now after Monday's Electoral College vote. I mean, really after the Trump administration went, what, one for 52, I think, in court cases? <laughs> was it that results? bad? I think it was one for 52. And, and I think the, the one, one wasn't even related to, right. like, fraud or anything, was right. it? Right, no. So it's, the last I heard, it was I was watching, um, I think this was either the Sunday shows or it was on Monday and they were doing a recap, but, you know, Stephen Miller, who is a, an esteemed member of the Trump administration in the West Wing, um, was talking about how they were going to have to install their own electors to declare Trump the victor of the 2020 election. And I, and actually, that's true. That's the only way to declare him victors by installing your own, even though it's mm-hmm. not legitimate. So um, kudos to well, them for coming well, up with that idea. I mean, before we, we're going to, I think tonight we're going to talk about some things that are in your wheelhouse tonight. But before we, before we get into that, I, I, what do you think about, like, is it fair to call what Trump has been trying to do a, a, like a coup, or is that too much, or is it just because it's you wouldn't call it a coup because he's incompetent and his legal strategy is incompetent, but he's still trying to affect a coup? Like, what what do you think we should be? How, what, like, when we look back at this, <coughs> excuse me, what you know? How will we talk about what is happening now? I don't think I, I've actually thought about that, and I don't. I don't think I would ever call it a coup because that I, I don't believe that that's possible in our in our system of government, or at least in the U.S. system. Um, you know, because you really, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, he can he can sit at the, you know, at the at his desk in the Oval Office until the inauguration ends. He's still going to get his ass dragged out of there by Secret Service because he's no longer the president. Um, you know, so I would never, but you do have people who are trying to manipulate the system to go against the, the, the will of the people, you know, the, the democratically elected chosen, uh, representative, they're trying to not follow that. Yeah. But I mean, and that's why we've had such a strong judicial system through this whole thing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest complaints by, I think, the big, the most ardent Trump supporters is that all these Trump appointees, what good were they if they're not going to, if they're not going to help now? Yeah, that's it's not like, the point. oh, they just don't forget about a little thing called the constitution just the because rule of law. who they got and the rule of law, right? Just because they got appointed by the dude who's, you know, trying to fight the, uh, the election results. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I mean, I'm sure people will try and describe it as an attempted coup. I, I and well, it's I just, already been thrown out there. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I just, just curious. I, I just is it too think, much? I think it's too much. I, honestly, at the end of the day, because that would require that would have required a lot more collaboration or a lot more conspiracy with the judicial system, with military. Yeah. With I mean, that's what you see you know, in Turkey, right? Is like when right. Erdogan he he puts in he installs a compliant judicial. Uh, branch and they yep. basically go along with everything he right. passes and then he essentially is an autocrat at this point so yeah i mean to 
you know, to many people's surprise with the Supreme Court, you know, dismissing Trump's case, you know, he just Texas's case and Texas. case. I mean, they just he just had Amy Coney Barrett just installed in the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, I mean, do you genuinely think he did? He doesn't understand what the court's role is. I mean, I think or that he actually thought that if I can just get a case to the Supreme Court, they will make me president. Do you genuinely think he thought that? or I genuinely think he believes people are stupid and that he he knows full well what's going on. He know, I, I believe he knows he lost. I believe he knows uh, he's got full comprehension of what's going on with him. I think he th- believes or thinks so little of the American people that he can he, he wants to manipulate them anyway, keep them all ginned up so that he can stay in the spotlight for mm-hmm. however long he wants to be until he decides whether or not he wants to run for president again in 2024. Um, but also, I think he really wants to cons- wants to convince people that he didn't lose this election, mm-hmm. that it was stolen from him. He's not a loser. It was stolen from some. So he, he may have lost, but it's not because he lost the election. It's because he it was stolen from him. I just, you know, that's what he's just trying to convince people. And he, he thinks that people are so stupid that they're going to believe that. And unfortunately, and there are people that believe that. Um, I see it on freaking Twitter and Facebook all the time now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who I would have described as very intelligent, you know, people, they're, they've fallen for it and they're fighting for it. And it's just, it's, it's just fucking sad, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you make of things like when you hear, statistics like you know 60 or 70 percent of the republican voters think that the election was stolen and you know support republican support for things like you know the texas lawsuit which would have essentially disenfranchised uh you know millions of voters and and their vote on the day of the election like what do you think as a as a republican or a traditional conservative and a and you know maybe a former Republican or a former and once again Republican, but not current Republican. Yeah, I, I think the base. I think Trump has got such a control over the base of the party that every elected official is scared out of their mind um, that they'll lose if they don't go along with it. Maybe not be. They don't have to be cheerleaders. They don't have to be you know singing rah rah in, in the front of the line. But they 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 have to go along with it to some degree. And that's why I've seen a lot of elected officials kind of, you know, jump around on their answer when people say, do you recognize president elect Biden? And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when they get into the whole talk about, well, you know, president Trump should be able to use the court system, all legal, all legal avenues and remedies that he thinks. And that's all true. And that's all fine. Um, But to not, but to not actually recognize that he, that he lost. I mean, everybody will tell you that our system, there's, there's allegations of voter fraud in every election, right? every time, mm-hmm. every single time. Has there ever been voter fraud so widespread and rampant that it actually would have overturned an election? No, that's, that's never, at right. least in, you know, at least in modern history, never. Um, and Republicans are fully aware of that. And Republicans should, you know, if they want to take that up, Election integrity as an issue—that's great. That—that's fine. There's a way to message that and to pursue it so that you don't sound crazy mm-hmm. about it. 
Um, but they haven't gone that way. They took the left turn to crazy town on this and have embraced it fully. And it's, it's sad. And, yeah. and there's no way, even in uh, Georgia is, is, you know, we're going to talk about Georgia and the Senate runoff and everything, but Georgia is a great example. All of these resources, all of the an- antagonistic uh, posturing from Trump towards governor Kemp and secretary of state uh, Raffensperger, you know, even if they flip the state through whatever legal, mm-hmm. you know, jujitsu, or they they convince the Georgia State Legislature to, you know, if they hold had a special session, and, yeah, hold a special yeah. session, all that, it doesn't overturn the election. So right. why are you skewering good Republicans, especially Raffensperger, who has been, you know, Secretary of State? All he wanted to do was run a smooth election, and they got wait times down to almost nothing. I mean, most states did because there was a lot of mail-in voting already, but it ran remarkably smoother than any other election in Georgia history in terms of delays or lines or you know polling places being you know having problems, whatever. It, it was a success, and mm-hmm. he's a good Republican, and he was I think he was even on Trump's reelection committee, um, but you know, he's getting death threats by Republicans. Brian Kent is getting, you know, death threats and Trump is threatening to throw both of them in jail for what I have no (laughs) fucking clue, but he doesn't have the power to do that. He doesn't have the power to do that. Anybody anyway, but you know, he's chanting lock them up at fricking rallies in Georgia. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of Governor Kemp, I think, but I've I've been reading a lot more just kind of his, about his interaction with him and, and the president. And as much as I as much as he and, you know, then Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle, the two of them were the Republicans in the primary for the governor's race in, in 2018. You know, there was it there was a narrative that the two of them were trying to compete, you know, aggressively for Trump's endorsement and to be the most Trumpian of, you know, more Trumpian than the other guy. Um. You know, I don't. I can't talk. I can't speak about Casey Cagle because that wasn't the focus of the article. But the focus of the article is once Kemp got that endorsement, he thought that that's kind of where it ended, and then he could be his own man again. And that has rubbed Trump the wrong way, mm-hmm. and, is, and Trump is especially upset because Kemp is not kiss the ring. Yeah, exactly. Not not you know not paying homage to to the dear leader at every turn. Right. So I actually I've you know I still think Kemp's got a whole lot of issues um but in this respect i i i've kind of developed a little bit more you know favorable view of him just kind of how he's been trying to handle this and i mean the enormous pressure that he's under i mean he might not even he might not win re-election for governor in in two years because of all this but you know quite frankly why would you want to do that but well for for a party that is traditionally you know holds the constitution sacrosanct and Um, all the powers inherent within, uh, they certainly seem willing to overlook a lot of the protocols laid out within the constitution over the last couple of weeks and months. And, you know, essentially I think have, have taken on a, 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 an undemocratic, undemocratic, uh, bent over the last four to six weeks of, you know, if we don't win, um, then you know something must be wrong, and we have to figure out a way to win. It, they're not respecting the will of the people, and I think a lot of that seems to come back to there is a large uh, narrative that that I don't think is true at all, but that runs very deep within many Republicans at the at the at this day and age is that 
if Democrats are elected, they will ruin America, and mm-hmm. the only, and we can't let them be in power. We have to we have to hold power by any means. Um, now, that's not democracy. That's you know, that's um, just trying to have a soft authoritarianism essentially. But uh, you know, I think I I understand why they are acting the way they are. I just don't agree with the premise that they're basing those actions on. Yeah, I mean... I mean, am I wrong to think... I mean, I, I seem to hear a lot that, you know, we if Joe Biden gets elected, he will be a vessel for the radical left who will turn this country into, um, you know, Venezuela. Yeah, and it's... I mean, it's ridiculous, but... It's what they said, it's what they said about Obama, too. Right. I mean... You know, in two, especially in 2008, I mean, that was the whole narrative is that he was going to turn us into the socialist, you know, wasteland. And, you know, I do, you know, I if we had elected Bernie Sanders, then, yeah, maybe I might be more willing to believe in that. But, you know, not Joe Biden. I mean, although it, he and Josh Hawley are now co-sponsoring or. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most unlikely um, duo ever. Amendments to legislation. So um, who knows? Uh but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just it's it, to me, it's scary because the whole notion of democracy is that you have two, com- you know, at least two competing sides who are throwing ideas out, and you're debating them, and you're developing compromises on, on you know, how to move forward on policy and legislation, um, and how to execute those policies. Uh, and when you ha- when you essentially get to a point where you don't even believe there's a va- any value in the other side, you can't support um, a demo- you can't support a democratic system because uh, and so for whatever reason and, and I don't know if it's just uh, the way they've um, spoken about and to for political gain spoken about the Democrats, it's gotten to a point where it's kind of they've kind of lost control of the monster. Mm-hmm. It seems, and well, you can't put it back in the box because now you're. That's the only way you get elected is by playing to that yeah, fervent yeah. base. Well, and I think the biggest concern too, when when talking about Georgia and the runoff, yeah, um, let's talk about that. It's well, you've they've destabilized the Trump. The Trump supporters have destabilized things so much that now there's a real fear that Republicans uh, are going to stay home for this runoff because. Well, it's a rigged system, so why should I even go mm-hmm. vote anymore? You know, at this point, right? Um, and that's a real fear, and that's that's been a fear for a couple of weeks in Georgia, and I, it's still kind of persisting that way. Um, you know, the Democrats have are pouring. You know, Democrats and liberals are pouring millions and millions and millions, tens and tens, actually over you know, almost hundreds of millions of dollars at this point into the Georgia Senate race, and the people that I've talked to in Georgia. Or they're they're freaked out. I mean, they really are because they're being out. They're being outspent. Republicans are being outspent, and it seems like that the enthusiasm for the election is very very low on the Republican side because of everything that the Trump lawyers, especially the Kraken, mm-hmm. the hell that woman's name is, and then the other guy, Sidney Powell. Yeah, Sidney Powell, and then the other guy whose name I don't want to say because he's a freak. But you don't want to um, give him any any v- no, validation. Not at all, but um, they're they're literally telling people not to vote because it's a rigged system. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm the type of I I believe in in I, I think divided government is usually best. 
Um, and I do believe that Republicans should do everything they can to, to hold the Senate. Um, but you know, how, if, if I just don't understand why they would, the, the Trump people would want to shoot everything. They're tearing down the party and they don't care. They don't. And care. that's, it's it's amazing. He, you you've remade Trump has remade the party, the Republican Party, in his image, and now he's just going to tear the whole thing to the ground. And you're seeing a lot more op eds. You're seeing a lot more speculation about okay, is this where the Republican Party finally splits? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the same thing that we were seeing after nine eleven with the Democrats. There was always there's questions for years about is the is the progressive liberal wing, the MoveOn.org wing of the party going to split off from the centrist Democrats who do believe in national security and fighting terrorism. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a real, there was a big concern there in the early 2000s that that was actually going to happen. And now it's totally shifted over to the Republicans. Is Are we going to have the MAGA party and the Republican party? Is that, is that how this is going to work? And um, Evan, Evan McMullen wrote an op-ed in the New York times this week about, you know, what, what, what should centrist Centrist. I mean, just to say that is—I don't even know if that's completely accurate. But you know, never Trumper Republicans. What should they do next? And it was, yeah. you know, um, kind of to your point. Like, do we try to revitalize the Republican Party, and you know, or do we just kind of create our own um, institutions, like a political party, where we have data, we work with data cent- data firms, and and build up lobbying shops that you know, kind of try to bring people to us. You know, what do you what do you do? I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. But let's talk about Georgia a little bit more. I mean, so let's do it. The 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 state of play is that um, the Reverend Raphael Warnock is mm-hmm. in a runoff versus Kelly Loeffler, mm-hmm. um, and then opposite that, also John Ossoff mm-hmm. is running against the incumbent David Perdue. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> both. Um, I guess if the winner of Warnock and Loeffler could be seated immediately, or how does that work? Yeah, but uh, since it, but the runoff is as such that they're all going to basically be seated at the same time. Okay. Yeah, I um, mean, if they had, everyone if, gets seated like the next week anyway. Yeah, if Warnock had won straight up in November, then yeah, he could have been seated similar to Mark Kelly in Arizona. He could have been seated by the end of November, or beginning of December. Actually, okay. I don't even know if they ended up seating Mark Kelly yet. Okay, and um, so. The, the thread that the Republican candidates are currently trying to, or the needle that the, the current Republican candidates are trying to thread at the moment is trying to support Trump's claims that it was Georgia's election was fraudulent, but then also rallying people in the base to support them in the runoff election. And I think you saw a good indicator of how difficult that is with um, the RNC chair, uh, Rana, was it Rana? Rana, I'll call her Rana Romney, just to piss off. um, uh, (laughs) She did conveniently drop Romney from her name. Uh, Rana Romney McDaniel, uh, when she held a press conference there a couple weeks ago and she was legitimately asked by some some angry GOP members in the in the audience, why should we vote in this when yeah. you know it's already determined? And she had to when she had just come off of saying we're going to fight to make sure this election, this previous the presidential election was fair and and 
you know, it was we're we're we're, we're battling against this, you know, corrupt system. Um, she had just come off of saying that, and then she has to answer this question and pivot and say, "Well, it does matter. You can make a difference." And those are two logic um, ch- chains of logic that don't intersect anywhere. So right. they're right. essentially trying to find the point where two parallel lines intersect. Um, now that being said, uh, I think, and you, I would bet you agree. I still think Loeffler and Purdue will win. Yeah, they're. I think. Um, I mean, the polling has been trending more towards them again. It's still close. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know if it's a smart if it's a smart strategy, but the Democrats, Ossoff and Warnock, have been running basically as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see a lot of the, especially a lot of the digital ads, you see the two of them, like, you know, shaking hands or like holding each other's hands up in the air. You know, um, I, I don't know if that's smart, honestly. I think, I don't know if one brings something to the other and that's what they're thinking because, I mean, Ossoff is, for all, you know, the way I see Ossoff, he's like Beto O'Rourke, but even, but less interesting. Not as, I, I, he's just, Ossoff is a suit and mm-hmm. I joke with my, I talk with my sister a lot and she sees a lot of the, um, she sees a lot of the ads and I joke with her. I'm like, did you know that his, his wife is a doctor? Because that's what he says in all of his ads and his wife is in all of his ads wearing her scrubs, <laughs> talking about how she's a physician and it's, you know, in these times kind of thing. Right. And that's all he's got because he really has, he really has nothing else. He's in, he really hasn't done anything. Wasn't he a filmmaker? Yeah, he was a filmmaker. And I mean, not to knock his profession, but I mean, what have you really, what have you done? What have you done in Georgia? You haven't done anything. Um, you know, and then Warnock, who's got issues with a lot of past statements that he's made in support of Fidel Castro and, you know, other he's i'm sure he's got sermons going way back that could all be cons- you know some of which could be probably right. considered controversial um a la reverend jeremiah Wright. um but um so i don't know if one if if it's to offset the negatives but i, I don't know if that's going to pay off for them just having them run as a team like that um i did find it interesting that uh loffler was willing to debate warnock but purdue was not willing to debate right. off and uh, for runoff debates they did right. debate for the general. Um, and I think Purdue's thinking was like, what, what more is there for us to say at the end of the day? And I, I think also Purdue is trying to avoid some of the Trump, you know, do you think it's, do you think Trump is doing the right the gotcha thing? gotcha questions. Yeah, there's gotcha questions. And, and that, and that's actually might be a smart thing at the end of the day. I don't, I don't know, but. Um, it, it worked for Joe Biden. Just stay out of the limelight and just yeah. uh, uh, let, let your opponent sort of put themselves out there and then judge. judge and I, and I will say like Purdue is certainly way more savvy than Loeffler is. I mean, Purdue has been doing this for a while, but also from, you know, I, I kind of feel like he, he understands what it takes to win elections. I don't know if Loeffler does considering this is for her first real election ever. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I've got to imagine that it'll either be both Democrats win or both Republicans win. I can't imagine one will Probably. win and one won't. I think probably. So, I mean, according to, according, I was reading Wall Street Journal today, Wall Street Journal today, over 700,000 ballots have already been cast in Georgia because early voting started last week or the week before. Um, it was the first week of December, I think. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be, there's huge enthusiasm for this election. You know, I don't know who's got 
the advantage there, the Republicans mm-hmm. or the Democrats. I'm, I'm assuming it's the Democrats just because they're getting a lot of national attention. Um, but that's also creates a lot of noise and a lot of false sense of security too. If you've got all this outside noise from, um, from outside of the state of Georgia, it, it really does kind of create this false sense of security and confidence for, for the Democrats that they're going to win. Um, I don't know how much that's translating to actual on the ground enthusiasm in Georgia. Um, yeah. But I guess we'll find out. But I mean, those counties, Metro Atlanta, you know, I think the Cobb County was certainly in Gwinnett County were certainly Republican strongholds for years. And that wasn't the case in 2020. Um, so I think get out the vote is going to be huge. And everything that the Trump legal team and Trump, um, you know, White House is doing is not going to help on that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, what do you think about like. Do you think that the fact that Loeffler and um, Purdue calling for Raffensperger to to resign, um, do you think that can hurt them at all? Like, I mean, I mean, is is, is Raffensperger going to vote for them? I mean, I know like um, that one guy Gabriel Sterling who works for Raffensperger and yep. is part of the. Um, and, and kind of gave a fiery speech. Yep. Condemning he was on kind of, uh, the Daily Podcast uh, last week. Oh, was it? Condemning, was a, was condemning, condemning the the um, language that is being yeah. used around all of this. I mean, I know he was interviewed after that and said he was going to vote for them. Um, and it, it kind of blew my mind that like, okay, wow, you're, these are the people who are, like how much do you really believe what you said if these are the people who are, sort of contributing to the, the heated rhetoric that yeah. you still think you should vote for them. Um, and they're, and so I just, you know, do you think kind of, and, and then Trump's weighing in and like, what, what, you know, what do you think of like all of that going on right now? Well, I think, I, I think there is a large contingent of people. And I mean, I would probably put myself in this that, that believe that still believe in the core tenets and principles of the Republican party. And, but, also agree that the the people in power in the party and who are currently representing the party have have strayed strayed big time um so when i hear you know long time republicans who have who've been sort of the focus of vicious attacks online and in person i mean there was you know in sterling's office that he was talking about on the daily podcast last week that they had an intern this kid who was like 20 something just doing his job um, and actually, he might have been working for for Dominion for the for the voting for the um, vote tabulation uh, uh, company. He, he was getting death threats. This mm-hmm. poor kid, him and his family, like, oh, we saw you taking a hand truck full of ballots. And the kid was like, "What are you talking about? I never did that." And there was no evidence to support that he did it, and no pictures, no nothing to support that any of this was happening. But you know, he he. Sterling was saying in that same interview, like, but I am a law, I might have been a Republican my whole life. I believe in the principles. Mm-hmm. So I think those, I mean, I would still vote for Loeffler and Purdue. I mean, I would, uh, um, you know, I think we could do better than Loeffler. I do. I, I do have a little bit of affection for David Purdue because I've, I've met him several times when I was working on the Hill and I really liked him a lot. Um, you know, Loeffler, I think we could have done better. I think Kemp kind of botched that. Uh, when he it was when he had the choice to to uh, appoint somebody after Johnny Isaacson retired, um, but I can totally understand why people who have been longtime Republicans would still, I feel despite like, all the issues, would still vote for it. I feel like 
I can understand it with Purdue because he has a, a record of yeah. conservatism and, and upholding conservative principles. But with Loeffler, I mean, I think she's just kind of fallen completely in line with, with the Trump, uh, Trumpified GOP. So, you know, I, I think she's kind of, in my, my view, she's kind of disqualified herself as a serious, sure. a serious conservative. Um, I get that. And, and I think if she was running against anybody besides Warnock, it would be she'd get her clock cleaned. No. I mean, if Warnock is not John Lewis, I think there. I mean, every he puts Reverend before his name, and that's not to take away that from that title and that he's a godly man. I mean, I, I, I would never question his faith, but it's not like he's running against a guy. It's not like he's John Lewis. If John, right. Le, if a John Lewis type was running against Loeffler, and I think she would get killed. But Warnock is such a novice. He has said things that are pretty controversial, even by today's standards in the past, and done things that I, that's why it's, I think it's kind of stayed close. But it's good. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it'll be interesting because Trump isn't on the ticket, right. although he's trying to make it about he's trying him. to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, these elections where Trump's been on the ticket have just been super wacky, whereas. The ones where he hasn't been on the ticket have been a little bit more predictable, um, at least with with respect to kind of polling and um, and and turnout and things like that. So I don't know, we'll see, but I think uh, I think my guess would be that you know both of them probably end up in taking their seats in January, um, and you'll get your divided government that you love. Yes, I hope so. Uh, I, th- I, I, I mean, honestly, I think that is where Biden is going to shine. I think he'll shine in a divide, divided government. I don't think he will in a unified democratic government because I think he'll have to give in to a lot of things that he normally wouldn't give in to. Um, right. And, you know, I, I think we got the best out of I think we got the best out of our government, even you know under Bill Clinton with a divided government. I mean, yeah, that you know there was certainly still issues, but we got balanced budgets out of that. We got a welfare reform. We got a lot of things done in divided government, um, and we really haven't seen that since Bill Clinton. Yeah. So I'd like to see, you know, and I don't know if it's going to last beyond the midterms. I mean, historically, the president, you know, who's whoever has the party of the president in the midterms, their party loses seats, but. Um, you know, I, I'm hopeful. I was hopeful at first as well, but I think, I think Republicans will kind of ride this illegitimacy stolen election thing to, to as, as at least a significant enough, uh, number of them will use it as, as a reason not to work with the Biden administration. Um, and that, you know, uh, I think it'll be a hard hard slog to get anything constructive done uh i i i I do agree though that that you know it's kind of the mcconnell and biden have known each other for years and worked together it's like in in a sort of a maybe if if biden was taking over from another president that wasn't kind of treating the post-election interregnum as as such maybe there would be a little bit more hope on my end but um uh, I I think that there's a lot of oxygen being fueled to the GOP rage fire at the moment that will carry it forward. I think that rage fire can burn a little bit longer without doing. I mean, I think the damage is already done. 
So I think if it burns a little bit longer, that's probably fine. And I'm I'm just looking at this from an objective standpoint, not not, not my own personal emotions toward it all. But I think another voice voices will come through that tamper down the at least in D.C. I'm not talking about the run of the mill, you know, voter and right, you know, in, you know, in deep South Georgia. I'm talking about you know the 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 rhetoric in D.C. and I think there are already voices out there that are trying to fill that void. Um, I don't know if they're in Congress, but you know Governor Larry Hogan in Massachusetts and Governor Charlie Baker. Or I'm sorry, Governor Larry Hogan in Maryland and Governor Baker in um, Charlie Baker in um, Massachusetts mm-hmm. are two of those Republican voices that are trying to get through. Right. Um, so I kind of hope, but it's going to take a few months of a Biden getting and get doing his stride and hidden or you know doing his thing to really kind of get back to business as usual in DC. And that, I think that's actually going to help, could help the Republicans. Um, It's just a matter of how much, I mean, Trump is raising millions of dollars off of all this. It's I've got, I get five or six uh, RNC and Trump fundraising emails a day, which I probably hit delete in case anybody's wondering once I see them, but they've raised millions upon millions of dollars. He is set. If he really does want to launch another campaign, for president in 2022 he's got that option i personally don't think he's going to do it um but doesn't um, want to lose again well he doesn't want to lose again and he, i mean he might do it if he thinks he's if he honestly thinks he's going to win but i don't he he can't control the general election right. he can probably he can certainly win the nomination yeah I, I don't i don't i think that's probably pretty pretty well locked up if that's what he wants to do right um but you know he might not be running against joe biden in right. four years he it might be kamala and yeah. you know can he she might have it and she might have a good vp term and yeah. you know be popular she yeah. i mean the talk of her already receiving a much more broader portfolio than i mean we say this about vice presidents all the time like you know we said it about dick cheney we said it about you know biden under obama that they were gonna have much more broader portfolios than past vice presidents i think honestly she she is gonna have a very broad portfolio at her disposal mm-hmm. um uh, you know, if if only because she's the first you know woman of color to be right. vice president, but also because Joe knows that he's not going to be around forever, exactly. And she needs to be able he's to have that experience. Yeah, he he. I mean, I would think if I think if you asked him, he might actually in the conversation. I bet he might actually say something to that effect. Right. Like, yeah. He's not. He's not vain about this sort of thing. No, and, he's not. In my experience, and what, yeah. you know, what we've what have you we've, ever met him. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, when I worked for McCain. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was, well, uh, I, 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 I am hopeful for your optimism that that we can maybe get things sort of veered back towards normal. Um, yeah, I think I think Republicans run, you know, everyday run of the mill Republicans in not in D.C. are going to just continue melting down. I think it's going to get worse. I mean, one of the things I've, I saw this week, which I found hilarious, I'm actually going to pull it up on my computer real quick because I want to get it right. There was this, you know, trying to find ways to support the conspiracy that this was a stolen election. Um, somebody tweeted out, and I don't know who this guy is who tweeted this out. He's, he doesn't have a blue check mark, so clearly he's not anybody right. important. But he talked about the candidate enthusiasm enthusiasm deficit, which is actually a real thing. Right. Um, that uh, Biden had an enthusiasm deficit of negative 29 in 2020 which rivaled mccain's in 2008 of negative 33 and this guy was like and we're supposed to believe that biden received 81 million votes 
first of all, a candidate enthusiasm deficit is not a marker of <laughs> anything when it comes right. to electoral politics, especially when it's a head-to-head general election. Like you can not be happy right. about voting for somebody, but still vote for them. Yes, it's just it, like yeah. I, well, I just it's all it's all science to this. Sort all of the thing. arguments at this point are based on emotion and little logic. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, some crazy other things have happened uh, as well that are really, I, I think are related to election fallout. Like um, we wanted to take a second and, and mention Bill Barr uh, resigning. Um, you know, I think you have it here in our, one of the two. You, you have it here in our, um, outline as did Bill Barr grow balls? Um, <laughs> Only because um, he, re- he actually recognized the the outcome of the election, like I don't, yeah, and, in, I don't, and, in, and in the most insignificant way. But it was just enough. I don't know. I don't know if Trump. you did. You read his resignation letter? It was pretty. Uh, I did it was, not. Actually. It, it appeared like his he was still castrated. If you read that, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of fawning over. Um, uh, President Trump and awesome, a lot yeah. of yeah, and a lot of uh, references to all he accomplished in in the face of you know uh, intransigence and things like that. But um, yeah, I mean he's an example of of you know someone who I think he probably believed that Trump was a vessel that he could use to to sort of really get in and and implement very conservative. Um, almost in some ways, some arcane uh, uh, justice policies by yeah. you, you know by taking the position, and um, he's probably just uh, a true enough conservative enough that he wouldn't go along with kind of some of the more um, out of the box. I will we'll call it as a nice term um, uh, initiatives of Trump, like you know um, investigating certain people at his whim or, um, you know, things like that. So he, and then I think it kind of finally came to roost and that, you know, this one last thing that Trump basically wanted him to do, which was some, you know, kind of give fuel to the fire that, and to help maybe subvert an election. He, you know, he could, he was principled enough that he couldn't do that. Well, I mean, and it's funny so that you put it that way. The the vessel kind of um, argument. Every every Republican thought that they that Trump could be a vessel for what they wanted to do. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what everybody talked about in twenty sixteen. Is like, oh well, we can we can we can guide him. We can guide Trump, and and we can get him to do what we need him to do. Everybody thought that that was the case. From you know, from Paul Ryan all the way down, all thought that they could that he was not going to be as unpredictable as he was or uncontrollable as he was. And they were all wrong. Everybody was wrong. Um, that's why you, Trump really doesn't care about America. He does not care about the American people. Um, he cares about himself. He cares about his own ego. And that's really it. That's yep. where it ends. Yep. Um, so it's, that's I, I, just don't, I just don't know. I don't know what people I mean, it's and it, w- the thing that I, I, w- I should have put on here too is the repercussions after this. There's already talk of Ivanka Trump challenging Marco Rubio in the Republican primary for the Florida Senate in 2022, and Laura like, Trump in North Carolina. 
Yeah, and it's like I I can't believe this. Like, and everybody, the legacy is already set in, and people have already bought into it. And then you got poor Marco Rubio, who, you know, pushed back hard in the twenty sixteen election because he was a candidate, and then of course gave in and became a Trump defender. And now it's isn't it poetic? And now he's about mm-hmm. to get his ass handed to him by Ivanka in a primary. Um, they don't care about you, man. They're not. They're they not going to protect you. No. Nope. So it's, it's all about them. It's all about them. And I just it, it pains me that regular Republican people, just everyday people, can't see that. So yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, yeah. I think with the bar thing, I think he just, um, like you said, he he's using it, thinking it was a vessel, um, but. I am, I guess, thankful that he did. He wasn't uh, spineless enough to to kind of go along with the the claims of, of vast irregularities yeah. that could change an election um, that would have probably, uh, you know, caused a lot of issues if he had kind of supported those claims at all. So, yeah. um, and you know, nobody, no, nobody, no attorney general resigns with 37 days left or whatever it is right, right. before Christmas. Right. Um, as you said, he, he got fired. Right. Uh, and now there's talk of, you know, Trump you, at, asking his replacement, who I believe his name is Rosen, something Rosen, uh, to name a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden. And if he this, his replacement doesn't do it, he's planning to sack that, um, the Rosen, to get someone who will before he leaves office. And he's even, um, there was a report today that he's even asked his counsel if there's a way that the president can name a special counsel. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know enough about uh, the executive branch, but I'm guessing the president doesn't have um, the, the authority to do that. It would have, but I don't know. Um, Anyway, minutia of executive uh, executive um, branch, but yeah, executive power and privilege. Well, yeah. So, speaking while we're talking about the executive, real quickly, maybe we can talk about Biden's cabinet before we wrap this up. Biden's cabinet. Uh, I haven't followed it too closely. I did hear Pete Buttigieg was named was not was going to be nominated for Department of Transportation today. Yeah. Um, other than that. You know, some pretty standard. Janet Yellen is a yep. Treasury Secretary, former Fed Chair. Tony, Tony Blinken for, yeah, for Secretary of State. Yeah, I. I it's it's work. funny that everybody, everybody's sort of like. Uh, it, it used to be like neocons ruled the day in D.C. and now, you know, Trump was like the anti-neocon. So Republicans no longer think that neocon is a good thing, even mm-hmm. though that's what they loved for years and years, especially after nine eleven. And apparently they're all just raising hell thinking Blinken is a return to the neocon kind of ethos of, of foreign policy, which I don't know enough about the guy to, to make a, a statement on it. But it's it's just really funny that Republicans who used to just, you know, right. cloak themselves in the neocon kind of philosophy of foreign policy are now running, you know, completely opposite direction. And great. Oh, now he's going to get us involved in unnecessary wars again. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, well, when you framed your part, your your opposition as you know every ex- existential evil, you yeah. kind of have to um, reflexively uh, put up a fight against whatever positions they 
they espouse to to you know cre- to keep that that uh, image of, of danger. So um, you know, I think they've been uh, with a lot of the cabinet picks um, as well with um, the, the DoD um, General Austin. Uh, they've kind of raised some arms, and I think some some legitimate. You know, there was a lot of concern with General Mattis. Being, yeah, being uh, um, you know recently retired, uh, uh, and he needed to get a waiver, and you know, um, I I was certainly someone who was a little bit concerned, mostly because it was re- it was going to be under President Trump, who I thought could ask him to do some uh, unsavory things as yeah. the Secretary of Defense, and I thought because he was a good soldier, he would follow it. That was more my concern. But I do think there is some valid criticism to the fact that you know he has recently retired uh, as well. <clears throat> I'm trying to think there was another maybe HHS um, Xavier. Yeah, uh, Javier Becerra. Javier uh, Becerra. Yeah. You know, I think he has um, he is a big Medicare for all advocate, perhaps, or something. He, again. He- he is, but the funny thing is he, he's got zero healthcare experience. And really the only thing that he's done is that he was one of the leading attorneys, uh, attorneys general when he, he's a former congressman and then became attorney general of California mm-hmm. uh, recently in the last few years. And um, he was one of the lead attorneys general on the ACA to fight back against the ACA um, uh, being struck down by other, by Republican attorney general, attorneys mm-hmm. generals. Um, and that's really the extent of his healthcare experience. I was trying to think when he was in Congress, he was on Ways and Means Committee in the House, which um, you know I worked on Ways and Means, and they there is a health subcommittee there. But really, that's that's Treasury. It's the tax treatment of healthcare. Yeah. It's not like Energy and Commerce, which actually had oversees public health and um, and ERISA and HIPAA and all that. Um, so he really, it's an odd choice. And I think that's because he was maybe like the fourth or fifth or maybe even the sixth guy on the, on, uh, you know, on the list for that job because no they just kept, it. well, I think some people wanted it, but then there were issues that popped up at the end of the day that would have made it difficult for them, you know, to, to get confirmed. Um, well, so they look, ended up ben, on Sarah, ben Carson but, didn't know anything about housing and that, that, uh, department oh, didn't, true. didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't crumble. So, you know. I you think. don't need you don't necessarily need you know the the uh, you know total experience i mean the, the last and most cabinet secretaries lack experience uh, right. and, and whether they're you know betsy devos is a good i mean other than being a school choice advocate she right. really didn't have probably didn't yeah. know what the hell she was doing I, when she first got to the department of education but, but i think um, i think my overall view and you, you may have a different view but is that they're pretty overall? They've been pretty safe picks. A lot of um, Washington experience um, or experience within the um, <clears throat> organization that they are going to be working, um, and that you know, in general, it kind of rides with the Biden uh, overall theme, with um, you know, some diversity and sort of representation of of you know minorities to to reflect kind of where the democratic party is that Mm. would be what i'd say yeah most people tweet that it's nice to to sort of when there's an announcement of a new cabinet pick that it's not really news it's not it's it's boring (laughs) it's it's not like a a spit take 
Right. Yeah. So, right. so it's the, the CEO of Exxon's going to be the uh, Secretary of State. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing too. I thought I was thinking about this with Trump. It's like, you know, he prided himself on being the smartest guy ever, but he basically fired every single person that ever worked for him. <laughs> Like, oh, this guy's going to do a phenomenal job, and then he gets fired two days later. For and it was all because reason. they were smarter than he was, right? And made him look bad. It just blows my blows my. But getting to the Secretary of Defense thing, I'm always been um, a civilian should run the Secretary of Defense or, or should run the Defense Department. Um, I do have issues with issuing these waivers, and they're not even really waivers. Like Congress actually has to pass a law to allow recently uh, retired military personnel to run the defense department mm-hmm. um so i do i i mean on that it's not to impugn the experience of of formal of generals running the department but it, it really should in terms of keeping it um independent but also with not look through that lens of always military i think having um a civilian is way more preferable yeah uh, to run the department but i mean like i said not to knock on the experience of any nominee but um that's just kind of my thought of it all cool Anyhow. cool man well once again we went longer than we thought we would but it's i true. know i know um everyone will enjoy every second of what we talked about <laughs> um are you into anything these days oh man um you know I, I wish I could say I'm I'm into a lot, and that's why we haven't been recording. Uh, but um, you know, I, my my wife had, did something nice that I will talk about real quickly. Is she bought me um, an advent box with a different beer for every day. So oh, nice. I've been sampling a lot of of um, Chicago based breweries, um, and it's a fun way to tr- to try new beers. Uh, and, and any favorites so far? Um, yeah, I, I, and I, I don't have the name of it because I don't have the can. Oh wait, I, it's on my phone. One second, wait. I took a, <laughs> I took a picture of it. It is Illuminated Brew Works Chicago. Their da- their Dagger Citra IPA. Um, that was delicious. I had that tonight. Let me look. I at think I've one. heard of Illuminated actually. Um, I don't know if I've ever had it before though. The other one that I had was a uh, a Three Floyds, which I'd never had before, Three Floyds yep. Barbarian Haze IPA. So, you know, I, I, I love the zombie dust at Three Floyds. This was a similarly um, enjoyable beer. So I've been trying well, to get in, into that. I don't know if you saw, I believe Three Floyds just announced that they are closing. Uh, I think they are closing their tap room. Is what I heard, and I hadn't okay, heard their. I, I, hope so. I hadn't heard they're closing the whole brewery. Let me look it up real so, quick. Yeah. Um, oh, closes the brew pu- the brew pub yes. for good. Okay, yeah. So just the brew pub. Brew pub. <sighs> okay. Whew. Yes. Oh. Yeah. They're they're one of my favorites. So for anyone that who can get Three Floyds where they live, you should give it a try. It's it's really good. It's actually made in Indiana, but um, yeah, they're based really on good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana. But I guess I won't be making a trip to the brew pub anytime soon. <laughs> Sorry to Damn hear that. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. All what because of COVID. What about yourself? Um, I'm uh, 
not into much right now, but I just got into uh, the show, the miniseries on Showtime, Your Honor, uh, with Brian Cranston. Oh, my, um, my, my mother is watching that. So congratulations. Yeah, I've, it's only two episodes are up so far. Um, it's about the he's a judge in New Orleans and his son kills another kid via hit and run. And you find out that the kid that gets killed is the son of a, of a, the mob, a mob boss, basically. Mm. So it's all about uh, Brian Cranston. Is, his character is trying to protect his kid from he wants to turn him in. But then when he finds out who he killed, he wants to keep him out and protect him because he knows that the mob's going to do horrible things to his kid. Um, so, uh, just started watching that. So I'm going to get into that. My wife, uh, I, I stole your, your good present. My wife bought me a solo stove, uh, bonfire. Oh. Oh, I've nice. not used it yet. It's all set up. I just haven't used it yet. Um, I keep on meaning just to go out, but every time I do it, it, it rains or something happens or it's too cold. Um, but I, I'm looking for a good day to do it. Hopefully in the next week. There was an article today, uh, on fast company about how, Solo stoves became the must-have item of the fall for COVID, mm-hmm. um, and how they how they work through that. So it's interesting. Um, everyone, I, I know a ton of people who've gotten solo stoves, um, and so you know we're still waiting for our endorsement solo stove, <laughs> <laughs> or at least a discount code. Yeah, exactly. That would be good. No. Well, cool. Cool, man. This is fun. Well, Let's do it again. If we, uh, yeah. I don't know if we're gonna record again before christmas but hopefully or the we'll do new it year. again or or the new year that's true we might have to wait till after and maybe after the runoff or right before the runoff Ooh, do yeah. it again but, well i'll uh, be out here for a while so um and i'm um we'll have plenty of free time on my on my hands after january 1st as so um nice. let me know uh if you want to get together and do this again it's always definitely. fun well, and then for our listeners, uh, follow us on Twitter at Bros Politics. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I always forget Amazon. <laughs> What'd you say? Or, Apple and Spotify? And Apple, Amazon. Spotify, and Amazon. Yeah. Uh, and search for us there. I'll, and, I'll uh, ask our tech team to confirm. <laughs> please do. We'll update it in the next podcast. Yeah. Um, on that, have a great night. All right. Later, Pete. Later, man. What could possibly